it's me, Darylin. Welcome to another episode of It's Me, Darylin. So crazy that it's me, Darylin, again. Uh, how are you guys? I'm doing okay. Um, I'm sitting here in Union Square Park. It's getting to be like the new meeting place for the old DK and her guests. And I've apparently uh, gotten really into speaking in a third person intermittently in her sentences. Oh no, did you see what I did there? That got weird. <laughs> okay, so I um, have had a lot of shows scheduled for this past week, which is cool. Uh, that's, that's always a good thing. I feel like I'm getting back on track here. I, so I had like a personal best of seven shows in one week scheduled. That's really cool. Um, earlier this week I had a really good set at uh, the Assorted Nuts comedy show uh, in Brooklyn. That's uh, Sam Bourne and, and Maurice Licorice's show. That was awesome. I, I felt great about myself. And um, yeah, I, I, I was funny. I don't know, man. I, I did well. It was great. Uh, and I think the big thing that I've been working on is just trying not to like be so stiff and trying not to stay in the jokes. Like come out of the jokes, have fun for a minute, talk to the audience, you know, just a little, a little bit of a fun time. Isn't that what it's all about? Uh, then I went to another show, and it was a bigger space, and I, I've started to recognize a trend with myself that I'm having difficulty with bigger spaced shows, uh, areas with big stages, large rooms. I'm finding that that is, has been my difficulty uh, most recently. And, yeah, because I'm, I'm, I think I, what was going on with me before is I was getting really confused. I was doing well in these open mics, well in these small bar shows. And then every time I tried to challenge myself and do something bigger, it, it, everything seemed to have changed. And I, I was like, wait, I thought I was confident and dazzling and funny. And, uh, and then I was, and then I, you know, it was confusing. Anyway, what I've recognized is I, I think I need to actually make a conscious choice before getting on stage in larger rooms to uh to to bring double the energy and to uh to try to give more for for how much space there is uh it's so interesting how how i'm like sort of isolating details that are causing things to not go well with me so i'm gonna try that i'll report back we'll see how it goes i have a comedyology tonight um, I'll probably do a short set there. Uh, we have a really good lineup. This it'll probably be on the same uh, day that this episode comes out. I think is the night that the show will be. And uh, yeah, we have Jared Logan, Claudia Kogan. It's we didn't we didn't plan the rhyme, but but doesn't it doesn't it uh, work out nicely? Uh, you know, we got we got Evan Williams and Ben Kissel. Great, great, funny comics. It's gonna be good. Uh, I'm excited. I have some really funny videos planned. Tomorrow, I have this other show that I recently started doing once a month at uh, Darling Clothing. It's at Darling NYC in like the West Village area. It's in the back patio, and uh, this will be the uh, the second one. 
tomorrow night, Saturday night, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's a bit challenging because the audience is 75% women, or it has been the first uh, show, and, and I found that that's actually really different. Women sort of have different sensitivities. Men sort of laugh at things that, uh, so from what I've found, they, they laugh, they're quicker to laugh at things that are a little bit more mean, <laughs> which is, I don't know if, I'm, listen, I'm not a sociologist, I'm not, I'm not some sort of gender expert, but it just seemed like the audience was a little sensitive, and, and the women in the audience uh, last time seemed to get sad at times. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes this time. I'll, I'll report back with more sociological gender studies. And so finally, I, I got news that we are going to keep doing our McCarran Hotel rooftop show. I finally heard back from them. They've been doing construction on the rooftop area. And I'm excited to keep that one going because we got like 80 people last time and it was a huge affair. And they give us a budget, so we pay our comics and it's amazing. So anyway, that's three shows I'm running right now. What's happening? That's so crazy. And this podcast. And then the other project I want to take on is I found out uh, a little while ago, I might have mentioned this on a previous episode, that my Twitter uh, that my Twitter profile was nominated for an improv awards thing with some really great professional people that I'm, I'm grouped with, and it's I, I, I'm so surprised and complimented to be included in that. And I th- think I have a lot, like a long way to go with my Twitter. I don't think I post consistently enough, and uh, I think I have a lot more potential of what I could accomplish. So my current big project is I'm going to take the next month and really isolate that month and focus on Twitter for the month of July that's the big plan I uh, yeah I'll, I guess I'll tell you more about that next week but there's an actual award ceremony for this uh, improv awards thing and and maybe if I work hard enough I could I could win I don't know we'll see that would not be that would be fun and cool and, and other positive uh, adjectives so okay we're gonna get this episode started uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to my update. Uh, I feel pretty happy and positive these days. I do. I feel good. Uh, productive. I feel, you know, I'm making things happen. So uh, I'm excited for the conversation today. It's going to be with a really funny comedian. Her name is Allison Zeidman. And uh, yeah, please enjoy this this episode of It's Me, Darylin with Allison Zeidman. All right, today we have the very funny Allison Zeidman, who I just touched with my knee. <laughs> How are you, Allison? I'm good. I'm feeling very knee-touched. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got great knees for that. Um, <laughs> thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to bring you on because, like, uh, what I do is, like, I just, like, I ask people about their backstories and comedy and in life, and I'm just curious, and uh, I'd love to, you know chat with you get to know you a bit better <laughs> and you needed like the comfort of like a microphone instead yeah. of just like let's be friends I typically <laughs> I, I don't converse with people without the microphone <laughs> I like to make it weird for everybody oh so. yeah that's fine totally understandable <laughs> um okay sounds good cool so did you start comedy uh in Philadelphia is that right yeah I started in Philadelphia oh okay uh I actually I grew up in that area and then I went to school here started thinking about and well I've been thinking about comedy for like a long time but kind of like terrified of actually doing it okay so um, do you, you mean like you went to college here I went to college oh, okay. here and then I got a job back in Philly oh. and then I started doing improv back there but like always with the goal of like I wanted to do stand-up but I had like zero performance experience at that uh-huh. point and just 
not the most extroverted person. So I was sure. like, I'll do this improv class. I'll get used to like being on a stage and like mm-hmm. being in front of people. And then eventually it was like, okay, I'm going to write some jokes and I'm just going to do it. And uh, that was the hardest part. Just the first time, the first open mic. So yeah. Um, just the, all the anxiety, like not even like the mic itself, just all the anxiety leading up to it. So. Oh yeah. I really relate with that. Yeah. I, I can be so nervous at times. It's, it's ridiculous so I get it completely yeah I think it took me like you know I had an interest in comedy especially stand-up for since like middle school but I think it took me like two years of like really seriously considering it before I actually did it yeah I was kind of like that too I don't know if it was two years but it was at least a year where I would lurk around stand-up shows Mm -hmm. and I would be that person who would like go up to comedians be like I'm thinking about becoming somebody like you and they'd be like this is strange okay (laughs) I didn't I guess you're more proactive than I am I was just kind of like how would I even do that? And, like, I would try to write, and then i you know, fill notebook pages and be like, this is nothing and not funny. And yeah. <laughs> and eventually it was like, okay. One night, it was just, like, the middle of the night, and I couldn't sleep, and I started writing stuff down. And I was like, oh, I think these might, these might be jokes. These might be, like, ready to be put in front of people. And, you know, it's nothing that I do now and I don't remember all of them I'm sure most of it was really bad but sure no yeah it's it's so hard at first I feel like for me the hardest part was to start with writing because like I didn't understand the concept of a punchline for it took Mm -hmm. me a long time like maybe over a year which I should be embarrassed (laughs) but yeah I I didn't have punchlines at all so Mm -hmm. some people have been doing it a lot longer than that still don't so okay I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name I don't have anyone in mind when I say that I I'm afraid of sounding really mean. But. No, I get it. Yeah, we'll 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 let we'll let uh, John go this time. Okay, I yeah. made I made up a name of a person that doesn't have punchlines. Great. Uh, so, but okay, so you started in this improv class. Was that like a UCB thing type? Well, like in Philly. So no, there's a there's a there's an improv like theater oh. place in uh, in Philly. Um, so I started off doing stuff there, and then I got very involved just like in the comedy community in general. I used to run. Uh, I ended up taking over running. Like I didn't start it, but there was a, a local comedy blog in oh. Philly that was pretty big um, and kind of really like at the time like really like sort of the only like unified promotional source for the community um okay. so like people have been a little bit better about like kind of marketing their shows and getting some like media coverage um but for a while it was just like this blog and I started um I was doing a lot of freelance writing for time out in New York and then when I was living in Philly that became you know it was still fun but kind of like less doable to come up and be like I'm gonna cover this like 11 p.m nightlife event and then go to work the next oh, day yeah. you know so I was like looking for like something else to keep writing and it was this site that was, you know, covering local comedy, so I started writing for them, mm-hmm. and then eventually uh, took that over for a while, and around that time started doing stand-up and just getting, trying to get very involved in the whole community there and really yeah. build it up with shows and stuff as well. Well, that's really cool how you were able to, like, sort of take, like, almost like a studying standpoint from mm-hmm. afar, and, like, were you doing things like reviews of stand-up shows at all? Um, I mean, it was kind of to cover everything. There's, a, there's actually... I don't know if I'd say more, but there's, well, I'd say more. There's more improv in Philly than stand-up, oh, uh, I didn't and know then that. there is some sketch, but that's probably in terms of size, it's probably the third largest community. Oh, okay. I would guess so. The site kind of covered everything, and at the time that I started writing for them, I was just doing improv and like getting my toes wet in stand-up. Sure, yeah. Um, Okay, so then what was your first time on stage like? Um, <laughs> it was really 
I remember it, going, it went pretty well. Um, I did not tell any... Well, I told my, my boyfriend's also a comedian, so he okay. knew. And, um, like, we started dating... Actually, we met through the site, because he had also <laughs> had been running the site. Oh. Um, so we met through that, and then we started dating, and... Uh, like, you were, you were co-workers, if he was... Yeah, okay. kind of. I mean, it was, like, a volunteer-run, like, kind of thing. So okay. it wasn't, like, a... Like, boss employee kind of situation <laughs> okay um but yeah we were friends and then eventually we started dating and uh so he knew and he came with me and it was at an open mic called the, the place was called noche which they don't have a mic there anymore mm-hmm. um it's in like center city philadelphia and i went up towards the end of the night there weren't that many people there i think it might have the mic might have ended like like within like a month or two later but um and he was actually kind of like oh like this mic is kind of like dying down this might not be like the best place to like try it for the first time and i was just i don't know i just like kind of finally felt like i had something and i was just like no i just want to do it so i you know just wanted to get out there like that night yeah, you, um, you had that moxie. Yeah, it was just like, okay, it. like, finally, like, I'm worked up, and, like, you just kind of had to go. Right. And then Hannibal Burris was actually there. Oh, my God. Um, I think he was either hanging out at somebody else's, like, so there's Helium Comedy Club is in Philadelphia, and that's um, oh, yeah, really, like, the only that. club, but it's a pretty big, uh, club, like, club, they have, uh, sort of a franchise around the country, but that's, like, the flagship. So he was either, I'm not sure if it, well, he was, um just there to like hang out or if he was on a show I don't think he was it was like his week or anything I think he was just like and it may have been like a special like one night like not Doug Lowe's movies but like something like that or like they'll have things like that come in sometimes sure so then I guess somebody told him like oh like Noche is a good place to hang out afterwards so I remember he went up because I don't know that he was like looking to go up he was like with someone um, and just kind of like hanging out and then like the host like kind of like came over to him and was like would you like to do a set and like Ooh. he was sitting right near us and he was kind of like yeah I guess you know like I don't know so that you he had to was, follow like, him I didn't have to I don't know if, remember if I had to follow him okay and like immediately after him but yeah that was like a little bit intimidating I could obviously. see how that would be yeah. yeah and um I mean I didn't like look at it I probably didn't look at anybody <laughs> my first time sure but I was told that he appeared to be laughing in a way that didn't seem like he was making fun of me so that's oh. good yeah well, yeah that's I don't great. say it in like a braggy way because it's like yeah it was my first night I'm sure it was not good but it's still kind of a cool story I guess it is a cool yeah. story that's awesome yeah just like very very random this like tiny dying open mic in Philadelphia and he happened to be there I know that would yeah. make me just tighten right <laughs> like right up I would just be like not it would make it difficult for me to be myself yeah if, if I saw someone that intimidating like my, one of my first times yeah you know? I think I, I had a hard time with being myself on stage for a while anyway you know what I mean sure but it was like that wasn't really me I remember like when I first started I always I've always loved Maria Bamford and oh, I yeah. think I used to do I wouldn't say that I was like trying to emulate her but I definitely used to do more like act outy kind of like mm-hmm. weird stuff that like just like I was never fully comfortable with, like, even if it, like, felt like it was going well, I was like, I'm just, like, not really an act-out kind of person, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I think as I've gotten more of a role on stage and, like, found more things that, like, more personal things that I'm willing to write about and that kind of stuff, that's evolved. And, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm more confident on stage than I am in real life sometimes. Uh, yeah. It's, I'm- like, the inner me 
coming out, but then it closes right back <laughs> up as soon as I get off stage. Yeah, I get that too. Yeah. Um, I, but it's more like for me, like I'm just starting to crack on that. Like I don't think I'm fully myself all the time. Because uh, I, I relate to what you said about like you sometimes find yourself doing act out type things like Maria. Um, yeah, I would do like really weird, really super alt things mm-hmm. like... Uh, my dad was obsessed with Steve Martin uh, and so he, my dad always just did these like absurd bits like mm-hmm. when I was growing up but uh, I just always thought that was funny like that I, I was never surrounded by like the logical type of humor it was always like the crazy person yeah and so I thought like that's what comedy is mm-hmm. so yeah same thing like when I would do it it would feel like I was forcing it and it didn't feel natural yeah yeah it was like this is like this might be working but it still just like doesn't feel like me and I think you know I still I've only been doing stand-up for about three years so mm-hmm. I still feel like I'm also you know I've grown a lot I, I would hope I'd grown a lot since I started or else it would be really really sad but um, you know I still think there's a lot more room and I just want to keep working hard and keep getting better and I think that uh, you know the great thing about New York is that you can get on stage so much and that all just helps and like there's a different pace with writing and everything and you're just kind of forced to do more uh, but in like a productive way not just doing it for the sake of doing it totally yeah yeah, I I just got past three and a half years and um, I, I remember my first year and I think a lot of people go through this like they think that they can do it much faster than what's actually possible yeah um, and I, uh, what the thing that I've actually realized that has disproved that theory like by tenfold is just that like I basically have learned in my stand-up evolution that what will happen is something in my real life will really hurt my feelings or something will major some major change will take place mm-hmm. and every time a major change takes place just naturally with life then I find like some sort of defense mechanism is lifted from my comedy yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and I'm and I'm realizing that like I it it just is so near impossible to cram it into like one two years. Yeah, year. you know what I mean. Do you feel like um, because you start writing about those things, or just it just kind of like lines up, and it's not necessarily like it's not necessarily that you're doing jokes about those things, but yeah, just that just kind of an, your attitude. Or it's I think it's both things. Yeah. Like I'll reach new levels of self awareness, and mm-hmm. so I'll be able to like shed certain behaviors and just change as you would in your twenties, you know. Yeah. But then also, um, especially lately in 2015, I've had like a few things happen, like things not working out with guys, what have you, mm-hmm. and I've gotten some of my best jokes from it. That's great. Yeah, yeah. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I completely. Uh, was 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 with you on what you were saying yeah there. yeah I find that um for for me I definitely get the most juice and sort of like the tighter like bits that are just like loaded with jokes off of the things that are more personal and the things that like just organically in my brain the jokes just come you know yeah. there, are, you know, there are a few instances where it's like okay I'm just uh, I haven't written in, in a bit I need new ideas and I'll like sit down and like try to crank stuff out and, like occasionally that'll work but for the most part, it's like if I have something that I care about or that I am interested in, and like I've, it started with like the seed of like at least one punchline, right. then I do a lot better. Uh, even with the like the sitting down and like making yourself write more, cause yeah, it's, like, just some sort of jumping off point for something that's like actually like kind of emotional or just means something. To yeah, you, you got to be connected to it. Yeah. That's why I have the hardest time doing things like writing topical material or if it's just too, like, uh, dismissible in terms of observational stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I won't care about it a month later. Yeah. 
I, get, I hear you. Um, I guess I write some observational stuff, too. Yeah, it all just depends on, like, what I have ideas for, really, I mm-hmm. guess. I mean, most often, like, I just write about what's going on in my life. Um, but, yeah, I guess I have some observational. And then I, I do a lot of topical jokes just as, like, an exercise. Just, like, oh, yeah. to just build up that skill. And yes, I've to... seen your Facebook post. Oh, yeah. You do, like, jokes. You do, like, for the week or something, yeah, right? Yeah, I do them throughout the week so that, like... I don't feel... Sometimes it's just hard to come up with um, a bunch within a day. So it's like I'm not doing like a daily post or anything. And some days I just don't get to it at all. But I try to do like throughout the weekdays, I try to make a goal of at least five a day, um, give or take. Um, so that I have like a nice pile at the end of the week and That's just like giving, a, a de- yeah. giving myself a deadline even though you know it's like nobody cares nobody would notice if I stopped doing it you know but but it's for you like yeah. the, so, sorry I was like kind of interrupting for a second but I was going to say it's such a great exercise yeah, like, uh, yeah it thanks. keeps you sharp right yeah yeah, uh, yeah. It's, and it's like it's you know it, it, it's on one thing on one hand it's like another thing that I've like you know, another like arbitrary thing that I've given myself as like work that's you know again like nobody I'm not you know getting paid for it nothing like that right. Um, but it um, it's kind of fun in a way. I like working. I'm very happy when I'm working. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'll, yeah. I just get so uh, apathetic. Yeah. If I'm not like constantly having projects to play. Uh, yeah, I get real. I get real anxious if I don't have. If I don't feel like I'm being productive, which uh, you know, to an extreme is not the best thing. But yeah, I'm guilty of that too. Yeah, trying to balance it. Right, because then I'll take on way too many things. I can't actually do a good job with all of it, and then I'll become, like, a wreck for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but then it all calms down, you get it done. Yeah. It's like, was that worth it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you have a new show that you just started, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a show, it's a monthly show at the Creek in the Cave. Um, it's called Dark Spots. Um, okay. It's a show that I'm doing with uh, Nate Fritzen and Shane Torres. We're, like, three co-host producers and the idea of the show is it's comedians all doing their sort of dark traumatic material and we focus it on a different theme each month Mm -hmm. Uh, so the first one was last month and that was childhood trauma and this month we are doing uh, illness slash disease we wanted to do cancer but that proves to be too Too narrow yeah we found a few people that have stuff specifically on cancer but it's like we should broaden this a little bit or else we're gonna have like two people on the show (laughs) so um that's tomorrow i'm pretty excited for it Um, yeah the concept sounds so interesting thanks yeah we're having fun with it and uh i mean i guess it mostly came out of i um i mean you know this that i I, my dad passed away yes uh early in the year We've heard jokes on it, but <laughs> yeah. so I've been doing a lot, you know, working on a lot of jokes about it because it's just like I don't. I just started having ideas for jokes, like I was saying earlier, where it's just mm-hmm. like things just come to you. Um, and then I was working on them, and I, I like the jokes, and I feel like they've been going well, and I've had some opportunities to, you know, try them out on like real audiences and not just like shows or mics full of comics. So I feel, I feel good about them, but at the same time, it's kind of like not everybody wants to hear even if they can appreciate it as a good joke not everybody's like wants to hear about that when they're just out at a comedy show and like in the middle of it somebody starts talking about stuff you know like for like for any dark material it's if the audience isn't ready for it that can sometimes be a real uphill battle um but I think writing jokes about these kinds of topics 
is really interesting and often really, really funny. So it was kind of like, what if we did a whole show like that? Yeah, <laughs> um, you made a socially acceptable environment where, like, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, it's kind of set up where it's, um, you know, and one of the reasons that we wanted to do it at the Creek is because, like, that's a great place, but also a place like that is, like, they're also... You know, they regularly have comedy. They have a vehicle to sort of promote the show. So it's like when people are coming, they know what they're getting into when they're walking right. in the door, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's not just like a, like, if, I don't, if we just did it at like a bar show or something, I feel like that might be more difficult. It's like, hey, bark, barking people in. Yeah. Like, Come and see a comedy show. Like and then, like, everybody's ambush. talking about, like, their dead relatives or whatever. Yeah. I, I love that. Like, is this, wait, <laughs> this is comedy yeah. or support group? I'm exactly. really confused. Yeah. Um... So yeah, so I um, wanted to do that, and then I met Shane, uh, sh- actually shortly after my dad died, I was uh, just, I kind of just stayed down in Philly with my mom and my uh, my brothers for that month, uh, because I work from home, so it, like, it didn't matter, and then it was the holidays, and it just felt like it didn't make sense to leave yet, so we are all just kind of like hanging out okay, okay. <laughs> at my mom's for like a month, but um, nice I was at... Break, though. Yeah, it, it was necessary. I mean, I started, like, working again, again, but, like, it was just good to be around, like, you know, I've only been in New York for a year now, so okay. it was just good to be around, like, friends and family and everything. Sure, I can just imagine how difficult it was. Like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was good to just kind of be back there and not worry about anything of course. else. Um, but I met Shane because he was, he moved to New York from Portland, originally from Texas, uh, in I think October or November, but then I didn't mm-hmm. meet him until he was at Helium in Philly, uh, and we met there. And he, I, I really liked his whole set, but he did have a few jokes about losing his father. Mm-hmm. So we just started talking. I was like, oh, like I really enjoyed those. I was like, I lost my dad. I've started doing some jokes about it, and we just started talking about that. And he and I have just become very close. So when I had the idea for the show, I like asked him because he's become a good buddy and just kind of I knew that he would be interested in that sort of thing mm-hmm. uh, and I have to give him credit for the idea of like focusing it on different topics each month instead of just generally being like a dark show which I think has really helped things and then we went to the third person just for some flexibility and also to be able to do some more sort of fun opening type things to host the show okay. um, and then Nate Fritzen was just another person that had been very supportive of some of these this newer like darker material that I've been trying so and I like I like hanging out with Nate so (laughs) perfect so the trio was formed yeah and now we're one big happy family (laughs) um excellent yelling at each other over Facebook messenger (laughs) play fun yelling well, it's good to have, like, a group of, a group dynamic to plan a show like that. Yeah, it's, like, also two people that I just feel like I get along really well with and, like, enjoy being around, so it doesn't feel like too much work to work on the show. Yeah, that's, this is all, like, genuinely kind of heartwarming. Like, <laughs> I, I, I like it a lot. Uh, well, I hope neither of them listen to this because they'll make fun of me at times, probably. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, no, but this is so cool. I, I, I've actually never really heard of a concept of for a show like this before yours. Uh, like, sport. I'm sure 
other people have done it, you know? I don't know. I'm so, like, I am the type of person that, like, looks out for this sort of thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that there's, like, plenty of, like, storytelling type things. Okay, where, yeah. But, like, to have it be, like, dark stand-up jokes. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I at times have struggled with that. Absolutely. Uh, like, last week on the podcast, I was talking about how, like, I... Uh, made a choice last week to go to a storytelling mic to just like go into like the darkest life experiences I have which like are really hard for me to talk about uh-huh. and uh, I did it but at the end I kind of felt like um, like I, I wished I hadn't shared it mm. like it was too vulnerable to have put out there right um, and I, I, I had a few days after where I kind of had to process it like all the feelings from it and like isolate myself a little from people because I just felt kind of ashamed maybe even though yeah. like, I listened back to the recording I had laughs at it but yeah. they were with me they it's were just, supportive it's that, like you weren't ready to like treat as jokes or yeah yeah I just wasn't ready to have it be like public information yeah uh, but yeah. I mean like I have one joke about that that's like actual fully like a good formatted stand-up joke about like I have a brother that died a long time ago when I was a kid and and even like I hardly ever put that into a set because like I have witnessed audiences just completely shutting off and I don't fully know how to just ease them into something like that yet right yeah it's all so hard yeah yeah and I think that it's when you're ready to talk about it, you'll be ready to talk about it. You know what I mean? I think if you force it, like, it's, it's A, it's going to feel uncomfortable, but B, it's, like, you're not going to be able to, like, be at the top of your game with writing the jokes because there will be something where it's, like, you feel like you're holding back or you're right. just, like, just, you know, for whatever reason, not ready. Um, I'm not going to say what it is, but, you know, there are definitely aspects of my life that I don't feel prepared to write jokes about and I just at this time at least I have no interest mm-hmm. in writing jokes about um some of it's you know probably stuff that's not even that interesting <laughs> anyway oh, okay. but I'm kind of like hmm like if we eventually want to tackle one of those topics with the show like am I going to be like uh, let's not do that one yet or am I just going to be like fuck it I guess now's the time I'm gonna gonna try to write about it um, but that, so. that's the cool thing about your show is like you guys are like all three of you you're all in so it's like yeah. you're, you're in this together and you have like that support system to fall back on mm-hmm. and like as time goes on I imagine you guys will have trust and bond and, and, and yeah. more rapport developed yeah and like part of the the idea with doing a different theme every month too is so that we each push ourselves to write a little at, you know at least like a couple new minutes on that topic for just you know if there's like time between with hosting and stuff that we can do some bits on the topic so uh you know just pushing ourselves to not that we're not all writing anyway but to just like another like thing to be like okay this I know I have to write about so yeah yeah we'll see so far you know I haven't been comfortable with anything that we've proposed but <laughs> yeah I got so I gotta get to the next one what what date did you say it was uh t- it's actually tomorrow night June tomorrow night. 27th and then thereafter um we just got really good news we're gonna um have our, our permanent spot going forward will be the first Saturday of the month at 10 p.m. right after CU and Hell. Oh, so, that's a great spot. Yeah, yeah, we're excited about it. So we'll actually not have one in July, but it's going to be, you know, the first Saturday in August. So it'll basically be like, it'll, it'll be barely over a month off. So Okay. Yeah. Um, well, what time is it tomorrow night? 10. At 10 then? Okay, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm going to try to make it. Cool. Love to see it. Um, all right. So, what else are you working on besides the show? You got other projects 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I write the topical stuff as like an exercise every week. Um, I'm working on a, a sketch show right now with um, my, my my boyfriend, who's also a you know comedian and mm-hmm. writer and all that stuff. Uh, we've been working on writing the show and coordinating with some sketch like writers and actors that we know from Philly that are now here. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much all written. Um, but then it's the matter of like, okay, so now where do we put this up? But I feel like well, you're not like full time in the sketch community here. It's kind of like hard to feel. like other than like the sketch open mics. It's kind of like, hmm, well, where do we where do we do this? So right. still figuring that part out. Um, and then my goal for the summer is to write a new pilot. Um, Have you written this before? I've written one, but I don't like it. Uh, I've written a spec script that I feel pretty good about. Uh, And again, this is all just like, you know, I don't have an agent or anything that's like, we need this to submit (laughs) to the next Seinfeld. It's just like, (laughs) I'm just trying to get better at everything and kind of build up a packet so that, you know, I'm ready for whatever opportunities might come along. But um, yeah, I've written a spec script for, I did a spec for Brooklyn Nine-Nine that I feel pretty good about. But that's also been like a year since I did that, so I should probably look at it and like try to see if there's anything I can punch up. Okay. And then I also wrote a pilot that I really, from the beginning, was not like wild about the idea, but it was just like, I just like, it's the first one, I need to do it and just like get through it and like as just practice. It. Yeah. So this summer my goal is to uh, do another one, but on something that I am excited about, so... And you got a, a premise all planned out and everything. Not, not to say. Uh, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty well outlined. That's yeah, good. Yeah. That's, not asking now. You guys aren't going <laughs> to steal her ideas. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, that's great. Uh, I'm really into screenwriting as well. Oh, cool. Um, I have just finished my first pilot a little while ago. Thank you. But I don't think it's that good either. Like I. Uh, yeah. We just needed to get needed it to out. get through yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like go through. Okay, like this is how this structure and flow and all that. So exactly. Yeah. Um, I found that screenwriting's been helping me a lot with my stand-up, actually. Yeah, yeah just because um, I took a, a sitcom writing class, mm-hmm. and in that I learned a lot about just, like, uh, how two characters in a given comedic scene will w- both have different goals and they'll want, diff- like, separate things, and mm-hmm. so the, the comedy comes from their conflict and the two pushing toward one another. Um, so in the dialogue act-outs I've been writing out, I've been, like, really sticking to that, like, okay, getting yeah. each person's point of view, and, like, well, they want this, so that's gonna be the opposite of what the other one wants, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I might have made that too wordy, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever, I, whatever you feel like is working. Yeah, it's yeah. helping yeah. a lot, um, but you, you, you like stand-up better than sketch, yes? I don't know, I, um... I like them, but I really, just above all, enjoy writing, and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, uh, I feel like at this point I'm pretty comfortable on stage, but definitely for a while I would have said that, like, and I, I guess I would still say that I feel like I'm a stronger writer than I am performer, and I, oh. there's definitely room for growth and to get better on that aspect, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like there's as much a disparity as there maybe used to be, but okay. I think definitely um, I'm more comfortable just writing, and I enjoy, in some ways, enjoy that process more. I mean, with stand-up writing, half the process is being able to try it out in front of an audience, so you can't, right. you really, you know, it's not really done until it's tested, yeah. you know, or, like, I, which I guess you could say the same thing about sketch or sitcoms or anything, that, because, like, you, they're not performed yet or filmed yet, 
but I don't know. Do you, like, does that make sense? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where it's sort of like that's so much part of like the editing process is getting it in front of people, which you know I feel like not as it, I'm, you know after you like do a sketch or something, you can certainly rework it based on how it goes and everything. But yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a lot more closely tied to the writing process for stand up. So yeah. I can't write for stand up and not perform. <laughs> I can't avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> Right. You can, yeah, you can't get away with that. Totally. Like yeah. I, uh, I think about writing versus performing all the time, mm-hmm. and like what I think I would want to end up in. Like, so it, it sounds like based on what you're saying, like you would probably gravitate towards a, a writing job if, mm-hmm. if you had yeah. to choose. Oh, yeah, okay. Definitely. I mean, if I could, uh, you know, the goal is to not have to have a job <laughs> outside yeah. of comedy eventually, and you know, I think I would be pretty happy doing. A myriad of different things, but I, I think I see myself having more of a future as a writer than as, like, a touring stand-up. Not that I wouldn't want to do that, I just think that, uh, again, like, I'm a stronger writer. Sure, I, yeah, I... And nobody I'm... come to any of my shows, because <laughs> they're... <laughs> but subscribe to our Twitter, right now! Uh, well, I don't know, you never know what's going to change, too, that's the yeah, other thing. Yeah, and I feel like the more... Whatever I'm more focused on at any given time becomes, like, the thing that I'm like, oh, this is, like, what I like the most. But it's just, like, no, that's just what I happen to be, like, working on more, you know? Like, when I was, uh, like, we're pretty much finishing up the sketch show now. But, like, when we first started with that, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm, you know, so into this right now. And then I had some new joke ideas, and I was like, all right, I'm, like, doing more stand-up right now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I kind of just do everything at once. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I get that, though. Yeah. Uh, but that's good. I think that that is how you, uh, t- I guess, survive in, in this chaotic scene. Yeah, and I think that's good. I think for, for you two to, like, that's a, that's a really great point to, like, for survival that it's, you know, sometimes you're just, one aspect just isn't going to be it, maybe not going as well, or you just don't have any ideas for it, and then you can switch gears and work on something else and still feel productive because it's still within, like, the comedy realm. Exactly. So, yeah, it's good to not get bored or too frustrated and feel like you don't have any other outlet. Yeah, and like technically they all do work together on some level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was doing uh, this acting class for a while too, um, where it was like this thing where you, it's called Meisner. Have you ever done that? Uh, no. Okay. I don't know anything about acting. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I only did it for like six months. I'm not some sort of aficionado, but uh, it, it's like a, it's a class where you're supposed to learn to read people, mm. and uh, you take what, basically what you've learned in reading uh, a person, and then you can apply that to the to the scene afterward. But first, you focus on just knowing human beings and how they act. And, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of like like calling people out on lying and and like yeah like you learn to sort of hear when a person is lying which do you do that through like role playing in the class or are you supposed to do that in like your everyday life like well try to find people that are lying i totally do that all the time now but because because you're you know about it you're better at it yeah yeah. well yeah like i i didn't know how often i was probably bs'd all the time before i was in that (laughs) class wow um but yeah you stand across from somebody and then the two of you have to like instantly repeat what you see about the other person Mm -hmm. and you're like you're not allowed to lie and if you are lying 
like as as I mentioned but if you are like you can hear the pause before they speak like you can hear them oh, thinking wow. of what they're gonna say I feel like I don't know like on one hand that sounds like yeah I want that power of like knowing that like in the world day-to-day life but on the other it's like ah maybe I'd be, I'd be happier just not knowing people <laughs> right ter- like I already uh, worry all the time that people don't like me so like, maybe I don't want to yeah know for sure <laughs> That's actually a really good point. I feel like maybe sometimes I do think to myself, ignorance is bliss. Uh, but you know what? I think it's I don't get a, a, a lot of uh, a lot of chances to do like a ton of crowd work or to like deal with hecklers. But that's where I'm like really waiting for it. Yeah. I, I had like one piece of crowd work recently where like I, I the, there was the moment of hesitation where I knew the lie was coming and I was like ah my training is coming into play <laughs> and I called it out. But uh, what was it? Oh well, she was just like. I think, like, you know what it was? It was, like, I asked something about, like, where she lives, and I guess she didn't know, like, if she was going to say where she was from or, like, where, you know what I mean? Like, where she currently lives. Right. Like, one of those, I've lived in New York for five years, so I'm going to say I'm a New Yorker. Yeah. Yeah. And those are the moments that I think, like, if you point them out, everyone in the room like, yep, I noticed that, too. Like, we can all laugh at that. Uh, I want, so I want to get good at that. I would love to just be the type of person who just... Uh, can read a whole room and just get laughs just based on like calling out tensions that are taking place so freeing kind of <laughs> but uh, I don't know I mean I I don't really like to host shows in general though like I always even in the shows I run I try to just do spots what do you think I um I was actually I was talking to uh, Scotland Green about this house and how like Hosting mics, I think, can be more fun than hosting shows. It can oh. be more free and kind of, there's not that pressure to, like, make it a good show <laughs> because it's just an open mic and you can yeah. kind of, like, be a little looser and be, like, a little snappier with uh, sort of, like, the remarks you might make between comics and that kind of thing. Whereas as a host, it's like, you know, you're taking the, often you're taking, like, the bullet spot by, you know, being the first person up and you're kind of right. responsible for keeping the show moving along and you know if it's not going great you're also responsible for trying to bring the crowd back up if you know the previous set didn't go well or even if you know they're just kind of not a super uh like active crowd so yeah it's a lot more it's a lot of responsibility to host I think totally and it's sort of uh it's sort of like a grunt job sometimes um and it can it can be fun if it's a you know if it's a fun crowd but oftentimes it's like yeah you're there to like warm things up and that might not be the most pleasant experience right yeah. I don't know it's one of those things that I think maybe one day in a few years I'll be like I'm great at this so I feel good but mm-hmm. at this time I think it's that I just don't feel like I'm great you know what I mean I think it's also that like you can't put too much pressure on yourself when you're hosting like yeah of course you want it to go well but it's never going to your host set is never going to go as well as you know if you went up in the middle of the show or yeah. even second you know because it's really like you're taking people from you know just walking in the door and sitting down or like chatting with their friends and kind of being like all right like a show is certainly even if there's like an announcement from like a booth or something first it's still kind of like you're starting everything and like kind of like everybody's you know intentionally or not like their minds aren't totally focused on like the performance yet and you're kind of you know bringing them into that so I think that of course you want it to be great, but you also can't, like, be too hard on yourself when it's kind of, like, yeah, even if, like, it goes well, it's just, like, yeah, that's not going to be, like, a standing ovation kind of, like, <laughs> yeah. up, 
millions of applause breaks kind of set. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if it is, you probably actually are doing your job wrong because then it's like, well, what, what's everybody else supposed to do? Yeah. If like, like, if the host shouldn't have the best set on the, the show. The host that you know everyone I mean? loves who then like yeah. books people and like the, all comics just bomb by comparison. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're, it's like, okay, you've served your own ego. But <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So maybe it's better. I don't know. Not that you want to like dumb your stuff down or do things like not at the top of your game or whatever but you might you know you might want to do you might do different material or just kind of Mm -hmm. approach it in a different way and not try to like blow the roof off the place and then be like okay now we've got 45 (laughs) minutes more right yeah (laughs) I yeah I don't know like I'm always that's kind of goes back into what we were saying earlier about like um choosing material that you're really connected to Mm -hmm. like I was doing that for a little while where I like felt like really uh like everything I had in my set was just super personal and then mm-hmm. I was like oh I cannot open a show with this it's just too <laughs> yeah yeah I think it depends what it is certainly um but I yeah I think that's a, definitely a valid point that there are just going to be some shows that it just doesn't feel right for and, you know and sometimes like, even even it doesn't even have to be like a matter of personal or not personal it's just kind of like what's the most accessible that and, you know, you want to be unique and you want to feel like you're doing something true to you and you're not just like, okay, I gotta write some, like, drunk idiots on a Saturday night real bland, <laughs> just, like, crowd-pleaser jokes. I'm not saying that you have to do that, yeah. but I think, like, everybody is sort of, like, trying to pick the material um, to some extent based on the show they're doing. Right. In my ideal world, I just want to be able to have, like, a library of just, like, different categories. <laughs> like, my lighthearted stuff for yeah. a tight audience and then, like... Mm-hmm. I also want to have a story prepared for those dead shows where just no one's doing well. Yeah, where they're, like, interested. They're maybe not, like, laughing a ton, but they're still interested and engaged. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any stories, like, just ready to go? No, I'm not, like, a good story person. Um, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know what it is. I just feel like I'm not a good... I haven't... Why like, not? I don't know. I just feel like I don't have a lot to... I'm just very concise a lot, I think, oh. with my words. So it's kind of like I could tell a story, but I don't have any, like, big, like, amazing stories. Um, I yeah, feel like I'd have to maybe embellish a lot, but then I'd feel like I like what we were talking about earlier. It wouldn't feel like me. It'd feel weird to, like, kind of elaborate on things where it's like if I were just, like, telling a friend, I'd be done in a minute. <laughs> well, you do kind of strike me as um, sort of like a, a wordsmith with your sentences, like, like carefully selected, like, poetic if you will <laughs> um so That's a really nice compliment thank you well sure <laughs> but i like when i nodded you were like i'm not like a storyteller i didn't mean to be like vigorous nodding <laughs> i was just like oh yeah. I, I see what yeah, you know it's just like not like the style that i have i think and it's just, yeah i don't know um and maybe that's uh that's also sort of you know as much as a lot of my material is about sort of more personal things it's like more personal in that they have to do with my actual life and experiences uh, Mm -hmm. and less observational but maybe not personal to the extent of like I'm showing all my cards as far as my emotions and my feelings behind this thing you know what I mean if anything I worry that sometimes that like I'm like writing jokes is like a defense mechanism you know which I think can be a can be a healthy way of coping but not if you're doing it to the extent where you're just like constantly like punching back and like pushing it away so. right yeah you it is kind of like a productive barrier isn't yeah. it mm-hmm. um 
And I think that that's why I, in, in that storytelling, Mike, I mentioned earlier why I kind of freaked out because I didn't have like a lot of like punched up, yeah. like set up punch jokes in there. It was like me saying a thing and then like they were sort of laughing at how they related with the emotion after, but it wasn't like yeah. the safety of a removed thing. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of just makes you kind of live in what the experience was actually like and that it was traumatic for you at totally. the time and all of that without kind of being able to distance yourself from it. Yeah, so. but that type of stuff I can't wait to put into the screenplays uh, mm-hmm. uh, ideas I have. Uh, I also really want to write a, a feature. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever wanted to go in the direction of, put, of writing that much? It's... Uh, I would like to eventually if I had an idea for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of haven't done that like even or even really thought about it too much. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't think I'd be opposed to that. I think that's that can be more challenging in a way because you have to tell a complete story front to end. There's not like I mean, which if you're writing for a television show, you would have to do that eventually. But you're kind of like working towards it and sort of like building the blocks along the way, which is I mean, you have to story not you know storytelling in the sense of like on stage storytelling but sort of having an understanding of story structure and right. just sort of an ending in mind uh, when you start I feel like it's probably more helpful for uh, totally for I've had so many failed Instead attempts where, yeah, it, yeah I'll start and I'll just be like where what happened to this, this is like yeah. I feel you'll start something with one premise it'll end like so like differently it's ridiculous mm-hmm. so yeah I'm in a I'm in yeah. a screenwriting class right now and I'm reading this book called The Hero's Journey and uh, it has like a checklist of all the things that the hero needs to go through through the whole movie oh okay yeah yeah the um what is that called the uh Joseph Campbell like that kind of stuff oh yeah this book is based on Campbell okay this is this is by a guy named Vogler but it's really good cool um yeah I feel like um shit oh (laughs) I think I've gotten better about sort of outlining ahead of time for like like certainly for writing like specs and pilots it's kind of like you have to do it like you have to figure out like your A, B, and C story kind of like have some idea of like a basic skeleton of what's going to happen right um whereas I think before I tried doing that for the first time uh mostly in like sketch writing it would be like okay I have a premise and then I just like start in and kind of it can be fun to sort of discover things along the way, but right. I think it just it ends up being so much more successful when you have, like, a basic outline first. And then you can still sort of, like, not know exactly what you're going to do within that yeah. and come up with, like, different, like, lines and jokes and everything. But if you want it to actually, like, <laughs> make sense and sort of work, maybe, yeah. instead of just, like, okay, there are a few good jokes in here, but uh, it's just like, really super helpful to kind of make yourself sit there and be organized and, like, yeah. outline. Oh, yeah. Like, I never, like, I remember in school, like, I did well in school as far as essays and stuff, but mm-hmm. I always I hated it, and I, like, refused to do outlines. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it does feel like a pain in the ass, doesn't it? Yeah. But it's, like, imperative with yeah. screenplay. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Somebody told me the other day to take uh, index cards and just write out each, uh, basically the beginning, middle, and end of each scene in your index card, mm-hmm. and then just flip them all around constantly, and that's how you'll get your outline, because your uh, mind is just constantly changing. Thinking about, like, how do we get from here to there, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. 
Um, if, if you're listening, <laughs> you better get to some Walgreens. Great, some great tips here. <laughs> yeah, get those cards. <laughs> get some highlighters and post-its while you're there. Oh, Just sure. Give yourself a whole home office. Sounds nice. <laughs> I always find those things, like, delightfully soothing whenever I buy them. Yeah. What is that? I used to love, like, getting school supplies at the beginning of the year. And it's interesting, I don't now. I don't really need, like, any office supplies now and I guess it's just because like so much of what I do is like on the computer for like my job sure job. but it's kind of like yeah I should I should get some post-its it just makes you feel good I don't know what it is yeah it's like the same feeling as getting new clothes yeah. why does that do that there's so it different. is like there's like an uh, endorphins or like something some sort of stimulation in your brain although I found that I like in the like the last year especially I've gotten much more I've always been sort of picky about clothes, so it's been like a combination of like kind of being picky about like what I think looks good on my body and kind of like being comfortable with my body, but also, sure. uh, you know, I've never been like a wealthy person, so I can't just like afford to buy a ton of stuff, but I used to like, even if I didn't buy something, I just enjoyed shopping like recreationally, and now it's just like, I work from home, I do comedy, like I don't have to have like a bunch of different clothes I like trying to dress a little bit more subdued on stage so that like people are paying attention to the jokes and not like mm. how I look uh so I've just I've not been buying as much and just wearing a lot of the same stuff and kind of I think there's just a lot more out there in terms of like um you know safe worker practices and fair treatment practices in terms of like a lot of the companies that are out there and sort of like the wastefulness of buying 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 all the time so oh, yeah um, I'm not like down to like ooh capsule wardrobe I wear two t-shirts and one pair of pants <laughs> and that's my wardrobe for six months yeah but, uh, trying to get better about like being more conscious about that stuff just keeping it modest just being uh, lazy and wearing the same <laughs> things over and over <laughs> I don't know I do that too though like it gets to a point where like you're you just have the same routine you're like work you know what stand you like, up yeah. yeah and like you know what you like on you and like kind of what works for you and that's just like one less thing like I'm not ready to go to like the like Mark Zuckerberg like hoodie level of like I don't have to think about my clothes at all because I just wear the exact same so you like, do that at Facebook every day <laughs> uh they have heard that's like a popular thing in Silicon Valley where it's like kind of that's like why that's the uniform because it's like you know you don't if you're not thinking about your clothes then you can think about you know other whatever else and like you could do it with anything in your life you could eat the same thing every day you could right. uh, watch the same tv show over and over again um so i think it you know depends on like what you're willing to trade off to like well i want to go back to what you said about uh how you said that you on stage have tried to uh dress down a little bit more okay because i think about that stuff all the time like i went through a process when i was at comedyology where ross and i we were both dressing up to host and um I, I had, like, a new dress every time, and I I don't know. I felt like my clothes were absolutely affecting how I was being received, and I wasn't... Uh, it, I didn't have the confidence to properly acknowledge it at the top of every single time I went up there. Mm. And, uh, yeah, at this point, I just don't even dress up for it. Yeah, I think it'd be weird if you, like, acknowledge it, you know? Because well, it's, like, it's kind of the thing... I don't know, because it's also the kind of thing where it might just all be in your head I, f- I certainly feel that way right. about me that's probably like no one probably really cares it's just like what I feel comfortable in Ugh. on stage and also I just think I've found myself um as I've gotten older sort of not dressing up as much and like not being uh, I think I'm you know still try to be like somewhat creative in how I dress but mm-hmm. kind of it's just not like 
I don't know, it's just not a big, like, focus for me anymore, whereas before I started doing comedy and finding, like, a creative outlet that I really valued, I think I put a lot more focus on, not in a vanity kind of way, just in kind of, like, a, this is what's on my mind, I'm worried about how I look kind of way. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, I think, but, yeah, it's not like I wouldn't go on stage in a dress, but I know that I'm more comfortable with jeans. Sometimes I get a little bit superstitious about, like, okay, I've been wearing these shoes for, like, a month every day or, like, every set, and, like, this has been going well, so I should I should wear these. If I'm a different, like, heel height, that's going to, like, throw me off. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that... But, like, it's not distracting to me, and I don't think of a comic any differently if I see... Like, I mean, basically, basically we're talking about female comics, because so it's, like, the guys, just it's just not as much... Right. I'm sure it's a concern for some of them, but I think it's not as much thought of as, like, a, a thing you have to think about, you know what Yeah, I mean? if guys put on suits, I think that all that does is give them more respect yeah. from the room. So, like, for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to, I guess, talk Hello? about it from, like, my perspective and, like... Sure. You know, like, it, it doesn't make me think of that like if I see like a a female comic wearing a dress or you know dressed up and like looking cute it doesn't make me think any differently of like her act you know it's funny it's fucking funny and like that's great and like Mm -hmm. you know she's wearing whatever she wants to wear and that's awesome I think for me it's just uh I don't know it's just about like being comfortable on stage I guess more than anything and that's at this point at least that's what I feel comfortable in yeah I think that that's good just choose whatever you feel natural in yeah I mean, I did get feedback from people when I was wearing dresses that it was dis- distracting. Distracting. Yeah. You said that. I literally had friends come. Uh, one was actually a coworker. It was actually rather awkward that he told me, but he was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." He, did he mean like you were too sexy, or was it just like he was like you had this like tight black thing on and like you were that? I would not. Uh, I would take that with a huge grain of salt. If not take it at all, I, I, I kind of feel like that was an inappropriate comment to make. Oh, for well, like in your life, but also I don't. It's just like that's just like one person's. I don't opinion. know. I'm not like upset about it. it, it yeah. I think it is something that people do notice. I mean, I don't think I hear what you're saying. Like, yeah. you don't think any less of somebody that's wearing that, and like I, I don't either. Yeah, I, I love when people dress in any way. Really, yeah, it's interesting to yeah. me. I think like for me, it's like I don't want to be distracting. Like that's that's the whole thing. It's what I mean, and it's like I don't care what anybody else is wearing or what I'm wearing, as long as it feels like the focus is on the jokes and what I'm talking about, as opposed to like the outfit. Or it's like you know I don't want to seem like I'm just up there like trying to look cute, you know? Right. Like, which um, I don't think is you know what you're doing at all either. So I kind of feel like that sure. was one person's opinion, and me, you know, for him, it's a coworker, so it's also, like, he's probably see- used to seeing you dress, like, in a certain way right. for work, so, like, that might have been during, but, like, again, all for, like, him personally, and, uh, I know you're not upset, I think no. it's, I think it's wildly inappropriate that he said something like that, mm-hmm. unless you, like, asked him yeah, I think for we, his opinion. Yeah, we were, but, like, on the subject of it, yeah. but, like, uh, yeah, I did ask Okay, him. okay. <laughs> but, that's not as bad yeah. then. I thought it was like unsolicited advice, oh, and I was yeah. like, "What a fucking asshole!" Well, that would be pretty bad if they were like, "Oh, what are you doing yeah. wearing that? Don't you know the dress code for your own show?" <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I just am always curious about people's perspectives. I'm not too, uh, I'm not the type of person who who won't ask. I always like to ask people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably overly ask. People. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know. I, guess, I feel like I haven't had like a good, like, succinct response. But the bottom line, I think, is like you know, you want to look 
presentable and like you want to be there but for me personally I, it's, it's not I'm not gonna get my most like dolled up but I don't know there are just so many rare occasions right now in my life where I do get super dolled up that it's like it doesn't even feel like a sacrifice it's just kind of like yeah I don't put any effort into myself anymore so we're just Whatever. gonna go with that yeah <laughs> I think uh, the fact that we have the ability to like just go out and do like what's considered to be like our second job and not have to try that hard is kind of a gift yeah yeah um yeah and it's it's nice for me to be working from home right now because I don't have to think about like okay I've got to wear this work appropriate thing and then I've got to bring a backpack full of like other like normal like person looking clothes right. to like change into in a bathroom on my way to a, on my way to a I got, show. I got a backpack right here. Um, <laughs> I do I work from home sometimes too. Yeah. I don't I don't like it though. I feel like it can be um, isolating at times. Yeah I get that way some days. Uh, <laughs> I put on a podcast yesterday because it was just sort of like a kind of like going crazy like just couldn't focus sort of day and mm-hmm. I was like I think maybe just like hearing other people might, yeah. might help like yes I totally do that too just to feel alive yeah. <laughs> and like I don't know I'm not like a very um I wouldn't say I'm antisocial, but I'm not the most like outgoing uh extroverted person so I think that I deal pretty well with it uh, and I have like Skype meetings some days and stuff like that um it's more yeah it's more just kind of like on the one hand you can get a lot more done and be more focused because there aren't like the distractions of a typical office but on the other hand then it's like you do everything so much more efficiently and I don't know sometimes your brain like needs the break of that distraction of other people I I get distracted just by like the fact that there's not other people there I work better when people are like looking at me and like being like oh is she getting her work done because yeah yeah, I'll just like watch YouTube yeah Uh, wait don't listen to that work people (laughs) if I have to do some writing like either for like work or for comedy I like to do it out of the house because uh, I don't know it just feels kind of like hyper you made this deliberate decision to like go out and focus on this thing yeah that's you know even though it's like you're on a computer you have the internet but it still kind of feels just a little more focused in me something about like the white noise of like a coffee shop or something around me it helps is me helpful. focus in a little more yeah yeah I need to actually be better about, like, breaking down what I need to get done and just go somewhere and just do that one thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that <laughs> advice from this. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on my podcast. Thank you for inviting me on the podcast. I hope it was interesting I, for people. <laughs> I would say it definitely was for me. Uh, I think that counts. Good. Okay. That's, that's, the, that's my main goal. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, see you next time. Bye. Okay, bye.